wanted to talk today about um, the need to be free on the inside from emotional baggage. Now, I've been talking about healing. Uh, this is, was, would have been lesson 10, and it's just not going to come out the way I planned. All my notes are online. You can see what I planned to do. But I do have a couple of things that I wanted to share, a couple of illustrations, because we're living in a time that God wants you free so you can minister freedom to other people. Yes or no? Because, y'all, I've never seen our nation in the state it's in right now. It's pretty sad. We're divided. We're angry. Um, we're hopeless. People feel that way, and you feel that, don't you, in, in people's lives. And people don't know where we're going. They don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the whole world is changing. Travel has changed. Commerce has changed. Um, businesses have changed. Forty percent of small businesses have ditched. Over the last year, people are wondering what's going to happen. Uh, right on the heels of this, you just have to know God. This didn't take God by surprise. And God uses everything for His good. How many believe that? So we're living in a time just before uh, Jesus returns and, and, and what God wants to do, there'll be a remnant of people that will get close to him and will really be used by him to minister life. Do you want to be part of that remnant of people? Three, four, how about the rest? Do you really want to be? This is not a kind of time just to come to a service, whether it's here or somewhere else, and nod to God one time. Hey, give my stuff for the week. See, see you next week, same time, same place. No, no, no. It's every day. That's what he wants now. Because we've not been where we are before. And we're going where we've never been. And God wants us to go. You want to go? So he wants to get close to you. And closeness with God brings some just amazing, amazing freedoms. Uh, I've been talking about healing. I took six uh, Sundays and laid a foundation to show that in the um, atonement of Christ, there is not only forgiveness of sin, but there is also healing for sickness and disease. And then I made that practical, took three Sundays, including last Sunday, talked about um, exercising faith for healing and how you do that r real simply with small things and then you accrue a stronger faith that can believe for more. And people don't understand. So all of that is on our website. Uh, I have 51 um, podcasts on healing. I broke it down. I do a podcast. Now it was five days a week. Now it's two days a week. Cause, whoa, that was a lot to do. Besides preaching other two other services and leading prayer. Anyway, to, but anyway, if you go back between November and January, uh, some of the things I'm going to share this morning are on the podcasts. And there are 51 on the subject of healing. A lady came after first service said, that she had been listening to the podcast before she uh, goes to sleep at night on healing and just listens to them over and over. I think that's great because, you know, you don't get something just because you hear it once. Is that true? So anyway, with healing, today I wanted to talk about roadblocks. There are roadblocks to being healed, and there are roadblocks that keep God from ministering to us the way He wants to. How many hear me? But if you know God's heart, His heart is to be close. His heart is to be really in your stuff how many hear me you know americans we here we're like this you leave, this is my stuff that's your stuff you leave me alone i leave you alone don't be looking at me don't be talking to me we're a broken culture i've never seen a more broken culture than we have right now and i told first service i you know i, I walk at least two miles sometimes four sometimes three yesterday it was three uh, in my neighborhood, and I have different routes I can go to 
a crew two miles or three miles or four, whatever. So, uh, but one thing I've noticed of recent is um, people don't make eye contact because they don't know what to say. And they don't know what you're going to think or say about them. So, you mean me, I'm just kind of, you know how a dog kind of loves everybody? I'm, that's me. It's like, hi. <laughs> they don't look back. It's like the first time I went to Russia, I was in the subway in Moscow and, uh, you know, going several miles and and, you know, I'm just a normal, average American. I get on the subway, and I'm thinking, hey, y'all, I'm here. And everybody's looking at the ground or reading a paper or reading a book. But they're not looking at you because they don't trust you. Welcome to America, 2021. I mean, how many think God wants to make a change? Let me tell you where it, cha- it changes. You know, all this stuff changes in your relationship with the Lord, and and right now, we're probably the sickest bunch of people in the world. We have so many illnesses and then so many drugs, and they're just not working right. Have you figured it out yet? Healing starts on the inside. and It comes from the inside out. I wanted to start, and, and I have four roadblocks to being healed. Today, I wanted to talk about uh, negative emotions as a roadblock to being healed. And then I wanted to help us work through that. Can we do that a minute? First service, I mean, the presence was very strong. It's here today, here in the second service, but it was really amazing last service. But we've got the same kind of flow going on. So let me talk about this. Uh, American culture, because of the breakdown of the home, we have lots of open-ended relationships, yes or no? In fact, there's a lot of single-parent families now. There's a lot of people that are raised uh, with step-parents, etc., it's just a lot, and that, with, with that comes the baggage of pain and hurt. And then with hurt comes separation and loss. And so many people feel alone. You ever felt by yourself? Uh, meaning nobody understands what I'm facing. I was raised that way. I started school at age five and uh, going into my senior year, I was 15, turned 16. I can't tell you what that did to me as a person. It wasn't good. So I took that baggage into my adult life, going to college and all that. But God got a hold of me at age 18. And I'm just going ahead of myself to say, the thing that's helped me in life is the presence of God and understanding how to open your heart up to Him. And where we're going, not only as a culture, but where the world is going in the next few years before Jesus returns, the the, the biggest thing you need in your life is a really close, close relationship with God through Jesus. Did you hear me? I'm talking close. I'm talking where you pour your heart out. There are roadblocks that keep that from happening. And they're mental slash emotional. There can be mental slash emotional baggage that keep God at a distance like you keep others at a distance. And we usually keep others at a distance because we don't want to get hurt. Is that true? And that's, and that's the, welcome to 21st century America. That's where we are. God wants to do something, and it starts individually inside of us. You have to be willing to deal with the frustration, the hurt, the pain. You can, there's a lot of buzzwords we use, frustration, pain, hurt, loss, you know. Um, uh, and, and most people don't deal well with relational things. They bury them. So... Um, there are an overwhelming majority of Americans today 
uh, hey, we're full of it. I've had to deal with it. All of us do. That are carrying around emotional baggage that keep them from the Lord and keep them from closeness with Him as well as others. How many hear me? And if you know how to navigate this, it's not hard, but it takes a little bit of effort. You can get through it and, and, and you can have some amazing breakthroughs. When I came to the Lord, I was just all bound up and I didn't realize that I needed to be freed. But God through, took me through a series of circumstances where I just got close to Him and in getting close to Him, all of that internalized hurt, internalized pain, internalized need was released to Him. And it really helped me in my spiritual life waking up, but then also my physical life becoming healthy and whole and strong. A lot of people aren't healthy physically because they're dealing with mental and emotional baggage. Yes or no? We'll talk to you about how to deal with that. Let me give you an illustration. In fact, uh, let, me, uh, let me read this, give you an illustration. Everybody okay? Let me see what happens here. Uh, I've got the weed down through this. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. <laughs> Uh, this is Proverbs 15:30, New International Version. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news gives health to the bones. Message, uh, paraphrase, uh, Proverbs 15:30. A twinkle in the eye means joy in the heart, and good news makes you feel fit as a fiddle. Isn't that good? And then Proverbs 14:30. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy, jealousy is like cancer in the bones. Listen to Am now the bone when it's when the Bible talks about bones, you understand your bone marrow is the center of your bones, and your bone mar marrow is where your blood is manufactured, and, and the health of your body starts with your blood, yes or no? And so that's why you want to keep your blood built up, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's why it mentions the blood. Uh, Amplified New Testament, Proverbs 14:30, a calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. But envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. Or message paraphrase of that same verse, Proverbs 14.30, a sound mind makes for a robust body, but runaway emotions corrode the bones. Wow. Uh, illustration, um, I got this penchant for dates. It's really strange. January 11th, 2013 was a Friday. Between 2.20 and 2.30 on that Friday afternoon, I was uh, riding my bike, uh, ride bicycles on the Noose River Trail, and uh, short of it was, it was damp, it had rained that morning, the trail was still damp, the bridges were still wet, and I, uh, there was a brand new wooden bridge, I made a 90 degree turn on a brand new bridge, there was uh, uh, some cement, and then uh, the right turn, quick right turn left, uh, there was a new wooden bridge, and and to connect the cement to the wood, there was a, a piece of metal. So I, 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 I didn't negotiate properly. And uh, on the turn, uh, when I turned, my front wheel slipped. And I fell, and oddly, my shoulder hit, my whole arm hit that piece of metal. And I heard my, my, I heard my arm break, snap. I heard it snap. That's bad. And then it went numb, you know. And, and then my helmet hit the ground, boom. And, uh, and then, you know, maybe I was out for two seconds, maybe one. And then I opened my eyes, and here's the sky. I saw the clouds. Second thing I noticed, my arm was aching terribly, and I couldn't move it. It's broken. And that's when I figured that out in terrible, 
you've broken a bone, you know how that feels. It's terrible. And then, but then, but then there was something in my mouth, grit. And, and, and I said, what, what is that? Just a fine little piece of, it felt like sand, but what it was, my, my bottom incisor on the right side had broken just a little touch because my jaw had, had you know, impact of the fall been thrust together. So my teeth hit, and that little tooth, just tiny, tiny, tiny. I spit it out, thought no more about it. Got up, took my bike a half a mile with my arm in my, you know, in my jacket. There were, I had five layers of clothes. It was really cold that day. I had five layers of clothes on. Had my arm in my, in my pocket. Walked half a mile, you know, called and you know, 911, they triage found me, yada, yada. And uh, anyway, uh, I, I got a side story to tell about this, and I'll come back to it. Anyway, I broke my arm. They, they fixed my arm. Then the next day, I had to, I'd left my glasses. I had another pair of glasses, and they were quite expensive. And I laid them on the bridge. I'd, I'd stopped at a bridge waiting on the, you know, thank God for fire, firemen. Don't you appreciate firemen? They came, and they helped me. They tore up my expensive clothes, cut them up with the scissors, and all that. Anyway, I laid my glasses on there, and uh, and and told Susan said, uh, you know, I need to go back the next day. I had my arm bandaged up, on it, and in a sling. Well, let's go back to the bridge. She said, "You okay?" I said, "I'm fine." I mean, come on, come on. I'm a good boy, big boy. So we went back and found my glasses, and and then I said, "Well, let me let's walk, and I can do it. I'm okay. I'm not that feeble." Yeah, my arm hurts. I'm okay. We'll walk a half a mile. I'll show you where I fell. Now, now, funny thing, watch this. How many believe God can work through any circumstance in your life? Even the tough stuff. How many believe God can work in your life even when you make mistakes? Now, number one, how many think God broke my arm? I broke my arm. Well, the fall broke my arm, but I made a human error. I miscalculated. Do you think God could use that? Let me tell you what happened. Several days prior, to, I had a dream, and in the dream we had a lady who um, uh, used to attend our church, but I haven't seen her in several years. But she was in my a vivid dream, and there she was in my dream. I thought that's weird. I dreamed about her in a long time, and uh, why did I dream about her? And then thought no more about it. Then had this accident, you know. And then and then when I was walking, and I got to the bridge about a half a mile from where I fell um, that Friday. A, a fellow biker came by. He said, you all right? And I was just about to cry, man. I was hurting like crazy. You know, men don't like to cry, but I was ready to cry. I mean, he said, you okay? I said, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. And he came to where I was. And, and funny thing, the day before, what, so this is, I'm just trying to show you the providence of God. Uh, so the day before, I had uh, uh, lunch with someone, and I had to go by and pay an insurance bill and had to go by a building in downtown Raleigh near Cameron Village. And in that building was a church I, had, I didn't even know existed. And they had a big name on the outside of the building on the first floor. I said, well, look at there. There's a new church. I didn't know that church was there. When I, when I broke my arm and the guy came by and said, you need some help? And I said, yes. He came up to me, told me his name. And, and he asked me about me and he found out I'm a pastor. He said, well, I'm a believer. And I go, and he named the church I'd seen the day before. Oh, that's really strange. And then the next day, y'all with me, the next day when Susan and I, my wife Susan, uh, we, we picked up my glasses, and I was right at the spot where half a mile past there, where I, I wrecked. I said, well, Susan, and here's what I did. Well, right there's a piece of metal. Right there's where I broke my arm. You can see the skid marks of my tire right there. 
And then I looked up and the lady I dreamed about was standing in front of me. Is that weird? I thought, okay. Do, 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 do. You know, so this is weird. Twilight Zone. What is this? And you know what I figured out? God knew this was going to happen. He knew my name. He loved me. And He was going to help me even though I made a mistake. Is that good? The end result, the end of that part, portion of the story is we're in this building because I was supposed to go on a missions trip the following Sunday, which would have been June thir January 13th. And you can't travel with a broken bone because it's a bleeding and there's a chance of blood clots. And so the airline wouldn't let me travel. And I didn't need to anyway. I was going to remote Africa. Wouldn't have been fun with a broken arm. So I canceled the trip. And because I was here, I got a phone call. He was in the service, first service. One of our board members called me and said, he wasn't a board member at the time. He called me and said, there's a, there's a church. We've been looking for property. We're at another place in Garner. And he said, I found a piece of property. You interested? I said, yes. And January 15th, with a broken arm, I came here. And the problem was, he said, somebody's wanting to buy this property and they want to buy it right now and they're offering cash and the guy didn't want to sell it to them. I can't give you the details. And, and, and the, my board member said, if you hadn't have been here, he would have probably been forced to sell it to the other entity. And he didn't want him to have it. And so because I broke my arm, I was here. Did God break my arm? Did God use my arm being broken? So do you make mistakes in life? Even in the middle of your mess, can God use your mistakes? Absolutely. So anyway, let's go back to a little story about my tooth. So four months later, so it's January 2013, Four months later, I wake up on a Tuesday morning, and y'all, I've, I've got a toothache par none. I mean, the worst I think I've ever had. It's like, this is really bad. I can't think. This is bad. I call my dentist. Been knowing him for years. He's a believer, wonderful man. Uh, I say, I, I need work me in. I can't think. I'm hurting so badly. So I got in there, and he looked, and my top incisor on the right, right beside my big tooth, it was hurting great day. I mean, pulsing, you know. So he said, what would you do? And I said, what do you mean? He said, there's trauma to this tooth. Something's happened. Now, I'm reaching a point here, and I'll get to it quickly and we'll move on. He said, um, that truth's been traumatized, and the root is dying. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I put it all together. He said, I, was on the, I said, I was on the ground. There was grit in my mouth after I wrecked my bike, and I told him the story that I just told you. And he said, here's what happened. Uh, the physics of it are the energy created by the fall your bottom tooth just slivered a tiny bit. You spit it out. But that kept the energy from that fall going down into the root of that bottom tooth. But your top tooth did not, didn't break at all. And he said it took the brunt of the energy created by that fall. And it went up into the root. And it eventually killed the root of the tooth. And I had to go to an endodontist and I had a root canal. Now, this is my tooth. I didn't know you could have a tooth without a root, but they didn't have to give me a crown or anything that's my tooth it's just dead what killed that tooth internalized pain you get it guess what hurts us physically internalized pain the jolly green giant is not on top of the building <laughs> the metal is expanding it's getting hot outside all okay when you internalize pain, it irritates. 
you internalize mental and emotional pain, it causes relational problems. How many hear what I'm saying? And it causes us lots of problems to distance ourselves from others, to have attitudes, to have behaviors. We feel lonely. We feel afraid. We don't trust well, yada, yada, yada. And that causes relational things in all of life. Then when you come to the Lord, it can spill over into your spiritual life. How many hear what I'm saying? And then, then it can also cause physical problems, physical maladies. Many, I've been in the ministry this year 40 years, many people have told me experiences of, of, uh, of, 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 of just never being well, always being sick. And every single person that I've talked to that way, as I've talked to them in detail, I found out they, they had mental slash emotional trauma somewhere in their life. And they didn't deal with it. Most people, when they have relational problems, issues, probably often it's parents, siblings, friends, things, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, uh, ex, exes, husbands, wives, people that hurt you. When, you. when you don't let it go, guess what happens? The energy for that goes inside, not outside. And most people, when they hurt, they bury their pain. And when you bury your pain, you open yourself up for, for all kinds of maladies and problems and sicknesses. How many understand? It's not, it, it can be physical, but see, it's also relational. And people go through relationship after relationship. I've met people that can't keep jobs. They can't stay at a church any length of time. They have problems with close relationships that endure because of something that happened in their past. They never have dealt with the trauma. And the trauma is still there, much like the energy uh, that was displaced by my fall on my bike went up into my, the root of my tooth and killed it. Well, that energy is still there messing with them. And I've had a lot of people tell me this, saying, I'm tired all the time. I can sleep all night and I never, ever feel rested. And, here's, and I have a mental image when they tell me that. Every time someone hurts you, that is, you know, they act towards you in ways that are wrong. Maybe it's abuse. It can be sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, which is hard to define, emotional abuse, which is hard to define sometimes. All of us are abused at times. Would you agree? Yeah, it just happens. Welcome to life. You're going to be persecuted if you're a believer too, right? But if you internalize those things, it hurts you. And many has been the person that I've talked to that have internalized their pain. Because they internalized their pain, it became part of them, affected their relationships long term, and, and then many of them eventually affected their physical health because the life of the body starts on the inside, not on the outside. So you can take all the health foods. I love healthy food. I take vitamins. I do all kinds of things. You can do all the right stuff, but if you're not healthy inside, you'll never be able to be healthy on the outside. How many hear me? just works that way. And part of that is learning how to get close to the Lord. He can help you get rid of mental and emotional pain. How many hear me? I got one other scripture. Everybody with me? Is this making sense yet? Proverbs 18, 14, the spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear, that's King James Version, which I don't normally read, but New Living Translation, the human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? So, Here's another illustration. I've shared this a bit before. A little bit more detail very rapidly. Uh, this is uh, Susan and I were dating. I was uh, in the first Bible school I went to. This is in my hometown uh, in South Carolina. And I want to keep everything anonymous here on purpose. But nonetheless, uh, 
uh, a second-year Bible school student. I met Susan there. We, uh, I'd asked her to marry me. She was my fiance. This was February 29th, uh, 1979, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a Wednesday. And I had been, and you've heard me talk about some of this before if you've been here. I, uh, I would go at times and, and just find places to pray in a little loft upstairs somewhere and just find places to pray. Well, that's where I learned to start developing my prayer life. And as I prayed at the Bible school, which was also the church I attended, uh, I started picking up on something that wasn't good and uh, something, there was a, a blockage, a hindrance, something that was going on and I picked up on it. I'm three years old in the Lord at the time. I came to Jesus in 1976. I know that dates me, but some of you weren't even born then. I get it. Nonetheless, um, <clears throat> uh, so I said, well, I need to tell the pastor about this. Really bad idea. Sometimes the way to deal with something is not straightforward. It's around the back door somewhere. I didn't know anything about that as a, as a 20-year-old. 20 you know, I, I was 20, turned 21 the next time. I just was ignorant about that. So I said, well, I'm going to call. So I made an appointment to see the pastor. And again, I'm a second-year Bible school student. So I walk in the door 1 o'clock in the afternoon, that Wednesday afternoon, the last day of February. And, and here's one, two, three, four people on a, on a, on a couch, a Victorian couch, I sit in a Victorian chair. He's got a wingback chair he's sitting in. I sit in the chair, and here's four of his main staff team members there. And then I'm talking to him, and I say, well, Pastor, you know, the reason I want to meet with you is I've got this thing. I don't know what it is. I hadn't said anything to anybody, but, you know, something's going on. I've been praying, and I feel, you know, this funny sense that there's, there's something blocking what God wants to do. When I said that, this guy lit into me, and I, I was really not prepared for this, had no idea he was going to, you know what he said to me? He said, he said, he said, well, you're practicing witchcraft. <laughs> because First Samuel says, uh, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. He said, you're in rebellion to me. You're practicing witchcraft. Then he said, oh, I mean, you know, that already threw my mind into a tizzy. Then he said, five years, you'll be on your road to hell. Now, I didn't hear anything else the man said. His, his mouth was talking, but my head, all my head was hearing, you're practicing witchcraft. You're on your road to hell in five years, son. That's all, and I'm a Bible school student. God called me to preach. I mean, oh, this is bad. So I'm trying to figure out how to, how, to, how to work weed through this, and it wasn't going well at all. And uh, so, so when I got home, uh, Susan came. She was my fiance, a friend, my mother. I think my dad was at work. I still lived at home. I was 20. And I told them what, they're the only people I told, because if you love, if you walk in love, you don't tell other people's mess. I never told anybody else what the pastor said, but y'all let through me for a mental, emotional loop. I thought I was going to lose my mind. I mean, it hurt so bad. And I was so disillusioned and disappointed. I can't describe the, the feeling it produced in me was one of isolation, of loneliness, of um, um, hopelessness. I mean, why live if that's what's going to happen to you, you know? So, um, and then I said this, I said this, and, and I didn't know I was going to say it, you know, and I told the people at my mother's home, I said, you know, that added sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I said, I wish you to pick up a ball bat and just beat me all over, even had broken bones rather than say this, because I, I, it's hard to get away from his words. And I think God allowed me to go through that for two reasons. I can identify with a person who's been had harshness 
spoken to them. Wrong things spoken to them. A leader that's betrayed God and has hurt them, is taking out his, his pain and his mess on someone else. I get it. And I say, God, don't ever let me be that way as a pastor. And then, uh, and then through my life, through my life, you know, I, I've never wanted to say things that would hurt other people in their memory of anything about them. So it really did something to me. It took me about two months to get over that emotionally, mentally. And I just said all that because emotional and mental things, you know, if they're strong and they're bad, it's hard to overcome them. How many hear what I'm saying? Yes or no? So let me read this. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And that crushed me. And then the New Living Translation, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And, and you know, I went, I felt isolated. Uh, you know, <laughs> that was a crazy time for me. And you know what got me through that? I, I went before God and said, God, I, and I didn't even feel God for a while. I didn't feel the presence of God. I go to church, I felt isolated. I felt like nobody, I didn't ever tell anybody what happened. But it affected me mentally and emotionally. And see, that's what happens. If you've got mental and emotional pain that's strong, it, 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 it just kind of overwhelms the inside of you. And then if you try to bury it, it causes all kinds of problems. How many hear me? So listen to Janice Finning's Dake has a Dake's Annotated Reference Bible. It's a great little Bible I've had since 1977. His note on Proverbs 17:22: A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Then he says, a merry heart is helpful, but one completely broken in spirit and dejected will develop many physical illnesses. Nothing ruins health more than grief, continual worry, anxiety, fretfulness, bad tempers, hatred, malice. The end of these things is death. We should rid ourselves of these destructive things. And so I read that back in, in the late 70s. I actually got my Bible and I was reading through it. And when I read that, and then I had that experience I had with that pastor, I said, well, that makes, that makes complete and, and total sense to me. See, if you're not healthy on the inside, you'll never be healthy on the outside. And if you have open-ended relationships, that is, people that you know and they know, they shouldn't have done that, they shouldn't have said that, they shouldn't have treated you that way. They shouldn't have acted that way towards you. They shouldn't have misused you, abused you, yada, yada. You got to find a way to let go of that. Because if we don't let go of it, it does to our life what that bicycle fall did to my tooth. It robs it of its life. Do you hear me? And, and here's what we do as Americans now. We bury everything because we don't trust anybody. Yes or no? And on it, can I get, can I get bone, bare bones real? Now we don't even stay at a church long enough to get to know somebody. Because if you've got to say something that's strong but true, forget it, you'll not see that person again. Is that true? And so we go from relationship to relationship, job to job, <laughs> person to person, but we never really get real. The main problem is we, don't, we haven't learned to get real with God about these things. When you learn to get real with Him, He helps you release these things. And that's what's so cool. I want to end. Everybody good? I want to end with, because i got so much here, but I just want to mention. Uh, I read a book. Uh, this is copyright 2007. Anybody ever heard of, um, of a Dr. Caroline Leaf? Yeah? Uh, South Africa. She's from South Africa. She's a neuroscientist. But she's a born-again, spirit-filled believer. She's a wonderful woman. And she has a podcast now. It's on my little podcast stuff. 
really great. But here's from her book. Listen to what she says as she studies the human brain and she studies the chemicals in the brain. And just listen to what she says. And you can read just what I read. This is page four. Your brain can be compared to a prolific factory producing a variety of chemicals depending on what type of emotion you're experiencing. Depending on whether or not these emotions are toxic to your body, the chemicals will either help you or harm you. If they are harmful, they create conditions for a host of health problems that will manifest in the body and mind. Emotions that regularly release a torrent of destructive chemicals that will be the most damaging over time are uh, unforgiveness, anger, rage, resentment, depression, worry, anxiety, frustration, fear, excessive grief, guilt. Research shows that around 87% of illnesses can be attributed to our thought life and approximately 13% to diet, genetics, and environment. That's incredible right there, isn't it? And I've heard that before. Many doctors have said that majority of maladies in the human body are results of mental emotional things that we don't deal with in their baggage and they create infirmity in our bodies. And then she goes on to say studies conclusively uh, link more chronic diseases, also known as lifestyle diseases, to epidemics of toxic emotions in our culture. These toxic, toxic emotions can cause migraines, hypertension, strokes, cancer skin problems, diabetes, infections, and allergies, just to name a few. Studies also point to a direct correlation between anxiety, fear, and heart palpitations, irritable bowel syndrome, tension headaches, heart problems. Quite simply, there's no longer any doubt that what and how you think affect your emotional and physical state, the mind and body, are integrally connected. So, you know, the illustration God gave me many years ago was, you know, if you've got open-ended relationships, things that have hurt you, wounded you, bruised you, you know, it's kind of like, I don't, you know, I'm a mechanical kind of guy. So if you've ever seen the interior of like a, 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 of your transmission and there are lots of different cogs, one will go this way, one will go this way, and they're all interconnected. So they connect to the engine. It's turning one way. It turns a cog, which turns a cog, which turns, you know, and you got them running all around on the inside of that transmission. Well, think about a human. Every open-ended relationship, every relationship that's created hurt, pain, you know, it's, it's like a cog running. It takes energy to run that thing, so to speak, on the inside. So you got this relationship, got that relationship, got another one, you got this one. And another, none of them were settled. They hurt, but we don't talk about them. We bury them, so you know what it does? It saps us of our life strength. If you're a person, you're always tired. Check up on yourself. You may have a lot of emotional Mental cogs turning. Does that make sense? Now, you don't even know they're there. People think, well, uh, the way I'm going to deal with this is not ever talk about it again. You, if you don't talk about it, it's there. It's there in the background. You don't even know it's running. You know, like on your phone, my phone. i got to keep everything shut because some, some of those apps will sap your phone of power. My mother came to me some time ago. I mean, her, her phone was going down to zero in one hour. I said, come here, Mom. Let me close some things. That's what happens on the inside when we don't deal with things. Say, so how do you deal with them? 18 years old, I came to the Lord. And I don't even know why I did it. I would read Romans 12, Ephesians 4, uh, 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 Colossians 3, and 1 Peter 3. All of, those, all of those passages have to do with relationships and attitudes and motivations and things. I would just read them. And, and I don't know why. And I read them in the Amplified New Testament, which amplifies the original Greek language. And as I read them, I would weep. 
And I'm in my room. I'm a teenager. I'm 18 years old. And I think, God, why am I crying? I always have you ever had an emotional knot in your throat? Like, can't get rid of that knot. <laughs> Try to swallow hockey. Can't get rid of it. I had that emotional knot. And y'all, I'd get in my room. I'd start reading. I'd start praying. i say, God. And then i say, God, you know. And then I would remember, God, you remember when so-and-so did such and such to me? You know, I give that to you. And then, Lord, you remember when so-and-so did that, and that happened, and that happened, and I was misunderstood. And, and when my daddy said that, when my mama did, blah, 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 and I just pulled it out. And I weep my eyeballs out. Say, God, what are you doing in me? I didn't realize that he was helping the mechanisms on the cogs, so to speak, the hurts, the pain. He was helping remove them from me so I could be free. We're going into a really tough time worldwide. The greatest thing you'll take into that time. You don't have to be afraid. God's got your back. The best thing you'll ever take into that time is the closeness with God. And this stuff I'm talking about can keep you from Him. Some people don't come to church. I had a lady after first service told me, she said, what you said happened to me. Kept her away. You see what I'm saying? This kind of stuff can keep you from developing friends. We got small groups. Some people don't attend. I'm okay. If you can't be friends, you feel alone. You feel down. Nobody cares. Got some cogs are turning inside. Emotional pains there. How do you release it? In the presence of God. I want to lead you. I'm going to do it different this service than I did first service. Can we sing one more song before we go? And then once we sing the song, we're going to pray and I'm going to really let you go. But in the prayer, here's what you do. Most of us have more than one person that has hurt us in some way. I encourage people to make lists for the person's name and make one-sentence statements, what they did and how it made you feel. I had to do that with my mama. I love you, mama, but I had to do it. Mama, daddy, my brothers. I don't have any sisters. My teachers, my friends. People in my life, my girlfriend, my first one. Oh, man, you know. I was young, so my second one I married to for 42 years this year. But I had to go through all that and say, God, I'll let them go. So how do you do that? Well, you invite Jesus into your pain. Say, Lord, I, I, I've had these things that are open-ended here. You know, one of my friends says it this way. It's like you got a sack on your back. And in that burlap sack is all of the relationships you've ever had in your life. They're right there. And you're carrying them around as baggage. And, and the relationships that didn't end well, that hurt you, that you try to forget about, they're there, and they're affecting you today. What do you do with those? Take them to the Lord. Because if anybody understands you, how many know it's God Almighty? He knows the thoughts you think before you think them. Psalm 139, David says, There's not, even, there's, there's not a word on my tongue, but lo, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You know my thoughts before I think them. You know my words before I speak them. You know my actions before I perform them. He knows, right? So the whole idea is get real. So here's what I want to lead us in. We'll sing a song, I'll let you go, and then we'll pray and I'll let you go. In prayer, 
You can't deal with everything today because there's not enough time. But which one is the biggest? What person's done you the worst? Could be a parent, could be a friend, could be a teacher. It could be an ex-boyfriend, girlfriend if you're younger. If you're older, it could be an ex-spouse. Could be a boss. Who did something you just, and they know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. Y'all, I have talked to people who were multiple times sexually abused. I've talked to people who were physically abused. I've heard things that I wish I'd have never heard. And I'll ne they'll never come out my mouth. I'll never tell Susan. They'll go to my grave. Because I won't talk about it. Because people loved and, and respected me enough to share their pain. Let's stay with me. You can take that kind of same kind of thing. You take it to God. Because God knows and understands what you think and feel. Idea here is you've got to let it go. How do you let it go? In the invite Jesus into your pain. How do you do that? You'll have a prayer and say, Lord, here's what happened. So, so you got two things. Tell him what happened. Here's exactly what happened. So and so did such and such, or so and so said such and such to me. And tell him the details a little bit. And then say, Lord, when that happened, it made me feel. And tell him how it made you feel. Worthless, hopeless, etc. Just tell him how it made you feel. I'll lead you in a prayer to help you do that. And then in the prayer, we'll say, Lord, I lay what happened at your feet. Lord, I ask you to come into my life and heal me of this pain that that has created in me. Does that make sense? You see, when you go home, you can do the same thing by yourself. I have done this, y'all. I've had people that had pages of stuff. And so we got a couple of Kleenex boxes out. And we just help them go through it. You may have emotion. You may have no emotion. Emotions are funny. You don't control them. They just happen. You hear me? Let me say lastly, if you're a numb person, that is you have no emotion, you're stoic, you're emotionless, you're probably dealing with a good bit of internal pain. Because God created you to be a person that thinks, that feels, that wills, that loves, that enjoys. And some people don't feel anything ever. And that's a person whose emotions are all bound up in pain. Jesus help you. Let me say, also say this. Most people don't deal with anything I'm talking about because they're afraid if I bring it up and the reason they isolate it, they never talk about it, bury it. Well, it will never go away if you bury it. And they don't want, they're afraid if they deal with it, they'll come unglued. They'll become too emotional. That is not true. Now what happens is, you know, initially, initially you may, may feel nothing, may have no reaction, or you may have a big reaction and cry eyeballs out. I've had it work both ways. You may have a delayed reaction. Don't worry about the reaction. You're not going to lose your mind if you deal with it. No, what happens is you'll get set free. But the enemy lies to people and tells them, don't mess with that. You mess with that, you open up a Pandora's box from hell. That's not true. You need help. We have people here. Is that okay?